Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stew on This, weekly reflections from my heart. This one is called, If It Is To Be, It Is Up To We. You know, when I look back at my life, it's really clear that I was operating under the belief for a lot of my life that if I just beat myself up enough, if I beat myself up strongly enough and long enough, then eventually, I guess, I'd be okay enough to feel good about myself. But the interesting thing was that every time I beat myself up, I just felt beat up. I felt guilty or ashamed or frustrated or you know, just generally less than. I feel like a victim when I beat myself up. And, and it doesn't help me to make the kind of choices that actually might help. Indeed, every choice I might want to make that brings me closer to my dreams closer to the truth of who I am, it's just so much easier to make when I feel good about myself. As I develop a sense of more than enoughness about myself, as I become more of my own greatest ally, my, my choices just get better. You know, so for my formula for feeling better about myself no longer is to beat myself up. Yoo-hoo! Then if this is still your mechanism, I give you permission to look at that. Now my formula for feeling better about myself is to give myself love. So I know that to drive through life with a fuller emotional and spiritual gas tank so I can have the energy and resilience to to stay on course, that the best fuel for the engine that I am is love. And obviously, I'm always in a good position to give myself love because I'm always here. So you'll hear a lot about self-love in these podcasts, but for today, what I'd like to remind us all about is that we're not on this love drive alone. Indeed, one of the best ways to practice self-love is by engaging in this practice with others, with whether it's our significant other or good friends or um, our tribe or our community. There's just tremendous value in not shutting down and not trying to go it alone. You know, there are scientists now that study happiness, as I generally say, I I hope they're happy about that. But one of the things they have determined is that if we were to participate in a group that meets once a month, and it's a like-minded group, then we would get from that the same increase in happiness as if our salary was doubled. I'm going to repeat that. Meeting in a like-minded group once a month gives about the same um, increase in happiness as doubling our salary. So apparently, just hanging out with people of like mind can really help us feel better about ourselves and about everything. It's ironic that for many years in my chiropractic practice, I had a little plaque on my desk that I got from Parker Seminars that said, if it is to be, it is up to me, which I believe is a quote from Mary Kay, of all people. And and certainly the choice to bring love into myself or into the world is up to me, and it doesn't require uh, anyone else's cooperation. But however... I, I, it's been a big block for me when I've chosen not to ask for help or when I've chosen to shut down and stew, which, by the way, they named after me. 
you know, uh, particularly when reaching out or engaging with other people would probably have been the thing I needed the most. So I can relate. It's, it's difficult for a lot of us to ask for help or to engage when we're down or when we need help. It's, but think about this. And again, I'm not judging it because, gosh, I, I had Jim Sigafus for a coach um, for years a long time ago, and it took me close to a year to really ever ask him for any help. <laughs> He'd say, how you doing? I'd say, great. You know, and, and I had all kinds of reasons and excuses for this. I, you know, I wanted him to think I was great. I, I didn't want to appear weak or negative or, or I was ashamed or embarrassed or, you know, I would tell myself I should be able to deal with this myself because, you know, if it is to be, it is up to me. Or, or my favorite is I would say, oh, well, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> and, and certainly I didn't want to hear anything that would help. So <laughs> there's really never a good reason to stew on our stuff alone. When love is always the answer, and if we can't find uh, you know, that within ourselves, to give to ourselves, then there's probably a lot of people around that we could ask. I enjoy doing the individual work on self-love. I enjoy doing the individual spiritual work that many of us do. In fact, there are times when I think it wouldn't take much for me to become a hermit. <laughs> but... It always helps me tremendously, if nothing else, when I'm making these tough moment-to-moment -moment choices to give myself love or to bring love into the world, when I remember that you're doing that too. Gosh, we're all in this together. There's a beautiful quote from the German writer Goethe. It's spelled G-O-E-T-H-E, but I believe that's the correct pronunciation. And my German friends can correct me on that if necessary. But he said, The world is so empty if one thinks only of mountains, rivers, and cities. But to know someone here and there who thinks and feels with us, and who, though distant, is close to us in spirit, this makes the earth for us an inhabited garden. Wow. I think that's beautiful. And again, on this journey to self-love and to feeling better about ourselves, other people can often provide wonderful things like, like nourishment and nurturing and connection and motivation to continue and accountability. That's a big one. They can help us gain a sense of safety, which is so important within which to do our work. They can help us have a sense of belonging. Yeah, it helps me to know I'm not the only one who's crazy. And other people can give us opportunities to serve, which is, you know, wonderful for our self-worth and self-love. They can provide support in hard times, and they can, you know, help us celebrate the good times. Now, one of the darkest moments of my life, and I've shared this story on, I think, on a podcast before, I apparently had injured someone in my chiropractic practice, well, beyond injured someone. It turned out that I had nothing to do with what happened, but for a couple of days, I thought I did. And believe me, my brain was telling me all I should do was was dig a deep hole, climb in there, you know, have somebody bury all the stuff on top of me and stay in there for 10 or 12 years. 
But uh, the best thing, and maybe it was the best choice I've ever made in my life at that time, was to ask for help, to put it out there, actually, to everybody. I asked for prayer. I, I called my teachers. I called my mentors. I called friends. I recruited every bit of help and support. I could, and that was a beautiful decision because it allowed me to go on. It allowed me actually to go into my office and the next day and adjust people. That's when I found out that I was uh, quote-unquote innocent. But the point is, I think I might still be in that hole if I hadn't made that choice. We are not in this alone. Now, my ideal, my vision, my ultimate vision for this is our body. You know, our body is made up of 70 trillion cells. It's a pretty staggering number. And, and But the cool thing is each and every cell is whole and complete in itself. It, every cell is sharing its unique gift. Every cell is doing what it was put on this planet apparently to do. And, and somehow they're all working in harmony and balance with each other. My gosh. It's hard to get two people together to work in harmony with each other. And the amazing thing about the body is when this is all happening, the result is that the body is greater than the sum of its parts. And, and even cooler is the fact that each cell gets exactly what it needs. Now, this is a beautiful dance of love given and received with yeah, no cell left behind. And there's no me and you between cells. It's only me and we. I have never heard a liver cell say, sure, I'll detoxify that poison, but not for the cells in the gallbladder. They, they vote differently than me. <laughs> you know, they don't say, I'm going to hold out and go on strike and, and wait till I get everything I need before I do what I'm supposed to be doing here. It just doesn't happen. You know, uh, admittedly, it's a lot more challenging for us because we think. But gosh, in that challenge is perhaps the greatest opportunity we have to learn to love ourselves. You know, I'm not even sure we can really know whether we love ourselves or not without bumping elbows with other people. <laughs> I, I remember a story John Gray told at a seminar. He's the guy who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. That was a big book a few years ago. He talked about being in a, a... He was a monk, apparently, for I think it was nine years that he spent in silence doing all kinds of spiritual work. And... Uh, you know, feeling rather enlightened and whole and, and complete when he left the monastery nine years later. But unfortunately, the first person he ran into was his mother. And his mother apparently said one thing to John, and in John's own words, he went ballistic. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to discourage you from individual work. I'm just pointing out that we're, you know, again, who can be sure? whether we actually do love ourselves when we're not challenged in that way. We are indeed all one, but I want to remind us all that talking about oneness and experiencing oneness are really two different things. You know, and doing this kind of work with other people and, and their different perspectives and their different opinions, you know, this helps me uncover things about myself that I haven't yet learned to love. And as I learned to love these folks anyway, in spite of their crazy uh, opinions and perspectives, this obviously strengthens my love of self. So let's engage others on this self-love journey. 
and perhaps start saying this mantra. If it is to be, it's up to we. Yes, so stew on that, and we'll see you next week.